You can give the Lord another hand clap of praise in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. If you're visiting with us again, we're so glad to have you. And you're going to have to come back next Sunday when Pastor Ronnie is here. Um, so you will get uh, the full uh, force of his anointing. But you will have to deal with me this morning. And I'm going to ask that God would just come in and minister to you. I want to encourage you this morning, if you will, open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 1. And while you're doing that again, I said it Wednesday, as class can be dismissed as well. I said it Wednesday, we want to thank you, me and Sierra, want to thank you uh, for your prayers. And a week ago today, Adeline was brought into this world, uh, a precious little girl, our second little girl. And she is healthy, and she is a sleeping and eating machine. And uh, her and her and mom are just hanging out and recovering, and and we want to thank you all for the prayers for that. And Ava is so excited to have a little sister. And I remember uh, the first um, morning after we brought her home. We brought her home uh, Monday evening, and the first morning Ava came into our room. And looked into the crib and said, she's cute. <laughs> and she said, I love her. And uh, so we're just thankful that mama's okay, baby's okay. And we want to thank you for your prayers. And we missed you all last week. But I'm going to pick up kind of where I was Wednesday and really where Pastor was from what I heard in, in the hospital room uh, on Sunday. Um, we were very, we had such peace. We were playing Uno and and watching uh, Pastor Ronnie as she was in labor, and, and she was just a champion, and she's like, I want to play Uno. I want to pass some time here. So uh, God just gave us peace, and, and I just want to encourage you today, if that's all right. Exodus chapter 1, and, and I may stop throughout this reading and explain some things, but it says in verse 1 of Exodus chapter 1, now these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt, every man in his household came with Jacob. So what happened here is that we know in Genesis, at the end of Genesis, that Joseph uh, is a son of Jacob who we know as Israel. He is the grandson of Abraham and his father is Isaac, the chosen people of God. And there is a drought in Canaan, and Joseph is a high official, pretty much the prime minister of Egypt. Uh, there's some things that happen, but more or less now Jacob is moving in to be with, uh, with, with his son Joseph in Egypt because the drought is not affecting them as harshly um, as it was in Canaan. So what happened is, is that Jacob, who is Israel, moved his entire family's 12 sons and, and their children, moved them in to the land of Egypt, and all of his sons came with them. And this is the names of those sons, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. And all the souls that came out of his loins, out of the loins of Jacob, were 70 souls. So 70 people, 70 family members move into Egypt, for Joseph was in Egypt already. And Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all that generation 
all that generation. We talked a little bit Wednesday night how I believe that we can see that the church in America has been in a transition for some time, that there are men and women of God that have just stood staunchly for the faith, uh, that have ministered throughout the years, uh, have been proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, have went through this nation and nations of this world, evangelizing, preaching the gospel, healing the sick, being what God has called them to be. And now we're seeing in the day that we're living in, many of them are going home to be with the Lord. And there's many of them that, that are leaving behind a mantle, an anointing. They're leaving behind some hope, something for us to look forward to. And we see that in this story real quickly. And I'm going to jump back into reading here. But Joseph in his generation, all of his brothers, all of them had passed on. Turn to your neighbor and say, passed on. Passed on. They, they were great men of God. They were, they, they were, they were good fathers. They were good grandfathers. They, they served their purpose on this earth, uh, but they're gone. Turn to your neighbor and say, they're gone. They're not coming back. And we see that there are men and women of God that have went on. And, and I'm going to draw a parallel. And Joseph died and all his brother and all that generation and the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceedingly mighty and the land was filled with them. We see uh, that even before my grandparents and my great grandparents, uh, there were moves of God in this nation. Uh, we're talking about the first great awakening that many believe led to the revolution. War. We're talking about the second great awakening, which many people believe led to the Civil War, that, that slavery was wrong, uh, that racism was wrong, all those things. Uh, the, 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 these great moves of God led to, to many of these things. And then you'll find uh, in the 1900s, you have Topeka, Kansas, uh, where people are baptized with the Holy Spirit, evidence of speaking in tongues, Azusa Street. Uh, over on the West Coast, God began to move. Uh, God began to do great and mighty things. And what we had uh, is throughout the nations of the world, especially in this nation, is we had an explosion. We had a, a season of harvest where souls were just coming into the kingdom and now we have churches on almost every corner. We have churches in every state in, in America. We have churches in every city in America. We have all these things. So what we have seen is that our ancestors, though they may be gone, they have, they, they have set us up to prosper. They have set us up to enjoy Increase. Uh, there's Christians all over this nation. The Bible, or the, the, the Bible, uh, I say the Bible, what really was is statistics show that 65%, over half of this nation, still professes to be Christians. I know that is a 20% decline from where it was in 1990, but still over half of, over half of, of this nation, we're talking over 150 million people still professing uh, in this nation to be Christian. So we're everywhere. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're everywhere everywhere. And, and the Bible tells us that they were exceedingly mighty here in verse 7. Exceedingly mighty. And the land was filled with them. Now there arose up a king over Egypt which knew not Joseph. And I could preach on that but we're not. We're going on to verse 9. And he said unto his people, Behold the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply 
And it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also our enemies and fight against us. And so get them up out of our land. Really what that verse is saying is we don't want them to rise up against us with our enemies. So we need to figure out a way to keep them in our land. So they don't get up out of our land. We have to figure out a way to keep them captive. You see, what has happened in the American church, though we are great in number, we are mighty in number, what we don't even realize the potential that we have in our lives. We don't even realize that we, we, we have a church and we have a generation that is growing up and they're saying, I don't even know who I am and I don't even know what I'm called to be. I, I don't have any purpose. I don't have any direction for my life. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't have any direction for my life. I, I don't know who I am or what I'm supposed to do or who I am to be. No, no one really knows. And what has happened is, I want you to notice again uh, in verse 10, the king of Pharaoh said to his committee there, uh, he said, let us deal wisely. Let us be shrewd. Let us be sneaky. Turn to your neighbor and say, the devil is sneaky. Come on, I'm just trying to keep you awake right now. We're going somewhere, all right? The devil is sneaky. The devil is a liar. So what the, the king of Pharaoh was saying, Brother Brian, is we have to figure out, uh, we have to figure out a way to deceive an entire group of people. We have to figure out a way to keep captive an entire nation, an entire movement of people. And we have to be crafty about this. We have to be cunning about what we're about to do. And we see here that he comes up with a plan. In verse 11, it says, Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Pithon and Ramses. But the more they were afflicted, the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. And we've seen that again. Even in the midst of this lie, there's still churches everywhere. There's still churches springing up. There's, yes, there's a lot of churches closing, but there's still churches everywhere. But what we don't realize is that the church of America is believing a lie. We are being deceived. Let me, let me is it okay if I come down with y'all this morning? Is it all right? It's all right. I'm going to come down and hang out with you guys. All right, I need those that I've talked to to come help me. I need you to come help me. Brant, you can sit right there for one moment. I'll bring you up to par here in a little bit. When everybody come help me, Keaton, Michael, Logan, I want you over here. I'm going to show you something because I want to preach to you this morning. Here's my title, and I had to call pastor before I made this my title. That's, I'll just tell you. is My title of my message this morning is the faith of hell. The faith of hell. Say, I, I'm not getting it. You, you're not going to get it right now. You'll, you'll get it eventually. I want Keaton, I want you on the end. I want you, Logan, Michael, and I want Garrett, I want you up front. The faith of hell. You see, what, what's happened in the church 
is we fail to realize and grasp hold of. We've heard this our whole life. I'm not going to preach anything that you haven't heard, but I, I just have to be obedient to the Lord. We've heard our whole life, you're called, you're chosen, you're a royal priesthood, you got power, you, you, you've got the blood of Jesus running through your veins. When you accept Jesus, the blood covers your life. You have power. The Bible tells us in Romans 8, 11, that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells on the inside of you. Woo! We can shout, we can speak in tongues, we can run a few pews, we can get excited, we can do all these things. But, but what I see, and I'm, I'm just being honest with you, is that there is still a church in this nation that have failed to uh, grab hold of what uh, God has truly called them to be. You say, I know who I'm supposed to be, but what we have is a church that knows who they're supposed to be, but they're not acting like they're supposed to be. See, what happened is, is Jesus was anointed, and in and, and, and John chapter 2, uh, he was the son of God, and he was at a marriage supper, and Mary comes up to him and says, hey, they're out of wine. you got to do something about this. He said, woman, don't you know that it ain't my time? Mom, I can't come do this. She said, I, you're anointed. I want you to start acting like you're anointed. I want you to start stepping into what you're called to do. The Bible tells us that Saul, he was anointed king of Israel, but he could never step into the fullness of God because even though he was anointed, he couldn't act like he was anointed. He kept doing things out of order. He kept disobeying God. He wouldn't listen to God. So David had to show up. David stepped in. Why? Because he was a man that was anointed and acted like he was anointed. So what we have here is we have an adversary that knows who we are. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 19 that Paul cast a, uh, that, that Paul is, is in an area and him and his followers are in an area and what happens is these seven sons of Sceva, these men, these exorcists, uh, they come up to a demon-possessed person and they said, you know, in the, in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches about, get out. And the demon spoke through that person and says, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Who are you? I, I, I'm going to show you something here. Brand, help me out. I want you to hold this rope. I want you on this side, Marie. Okay. Brant, you're the good guy. Congratulations. Maddie and Marie and these fellows here, they're the enemy. You guys are an ugly looking crew here. Okay. And we have the church. And, and, and the church, so often we feel so isolated. And we know that we're called and we know that we're anointed and we know there's a struggle. There's a war going on. And I will tell you, I have never seen spiritual warfare in my life like I have seen since COVID-19 hit. I, I, I'm just being honest with you. The enemy has come in and he has tried to destroy families. He's tried to destroy lives. And he's tried to get you like we talked about Wednesday night. You see, Elisha came up to the water, had that mantle around his neck. He smote the water. He said, where is the God of Elijah? Where is? He had confidence. He had boldness because he said, listen, I know that I'm anointed. So I'm going to act like I'm anointed because, listen, I, I want to show you this. Pharaoh knew that the Jews were stronger than him. He knew that.
that he could not defeat the Israelites. They were too strong. He said, they're mightier than us. He says, so we have to be crafty and we have to get them to believe a lie. We know they, they talk about that they're, they're anointed, that they're called of God, that they have this purpose, they have, they have this, this, this special power. They talk about this. The church of Jesus Christ in America still talks about this. He said, but the enemy is, is working in your mind. He's working in your family to say, you cannot believe this is, you cannot believe what God tells you. You can't believe what your pastor tells you. You can't believe what the word of God says. We, we don't even want you to try to pick up the call of God. We don't want you to go to the altar. We don't want you to lift your hands in worship because you're afraid of what everybody else thinks about you. We don't want you to act that way. We don't want you to get free. We don't want you to do anything crazy. So what happens is, is discouragement comes because this is what this, this verse means. In chapter, in chapter 1 and verse 11, when they set taskmasters over them, in the original language, it means they set masters of discouragement over them. So what they're telling him right now is you can't do it. You're not good enough. Do you think if we did tug of war right now that you would beat these fellas? See, and this is what the church has done. They're too big. There's giants in the land. They're too strong. We can't do this. Pastor, I, I know you tell me that I'm called, I'm chosen. You tell me that I have power. Why don't I feel like I have power? Why don't I act like I'm anointed? Uh, listen, I want you to have the faith of hell this morning. Why? Because Pharaoh, the enemy, the adversary, knew that they were mightier, knew that they were stronger, but they didn't even believe in themselves. Because what you have convinced yourself is that this struggle is too hard and it is impossible. Let me tell you this morning, as you're listening to the masters of discouragement, I want all of you to tell him. Tell him he can't do it. He can't do it. Brent, I mean, what are you? A, a, a buck 15? If that? What are you? 108. Listen, I, mean, I was eating this kid in fourth grade. He's saying, no, you can't do it. Be loud. Get in his ear. Annoy him a little bit. Shake him up. Come on. Tell him he can't do it. Pull on him a little bit. So what they're trying to convince him is they're wisely deceiving him, just like Pharaoh deceived the children of Israel. And he's saying, listen, don't even try to escape. Don't even try to get to a place of freedom. Don't even try to, to worship this morning. Don't even try to enter into the presence of God. Don't even try to go to the altars and get your life fixed. Don't even try to pick up that Bible. You're too busy. Don't even try to worship. Don't even try to fast. Don't even try. Don't think that you're good enough. Do you really think that you're good enough? Do you really think you're strong enough? Do you really think that you're anointed enough? Listen, I've heard all the lies of the enemy. I've heard all the things that he's trying to put in my heart in my life. But here's what I know is that if I'm called, I have an anointing on my life. And if I have an anointing on my life, it will still destroy and break the yokes of bondages on my life. If I'm going to be anointed, I'm going to act like I'm anointed. If hell knows I'm dangerous, I'm going to live like I'm dangerous. I'm telling you, I'm sick and tired of the junk that these young people come and say, oh, I can't, I can't. I tell you, it is a lie. It is a lie from the pits of hell. 
I'm about to take me a Pentecostal fit here. Listen. They tried to tell the children of Israel, scoot back, scoot back. I want tension here. They keep this tension here. These masters of discouragement, they keep them here. So, so you'll never be free. You'll never walk in the fullness. See, because in the American church, we want a taste of victory, but we don't know what it takes to live in victory. We want a taste of it. We want the goosebumps. But what, what when the, Brother Keaton, what, what happens when the goosebumps ain't there? But listen, I want you to notice something. If you read on in this story into chapter, uh, at the end of, excuse me, chapter one, into chapter two, the enemy takes it up a notch. Because now, instead of just deceiving them, Brandy, and trying to keep them bound, when the next generation starts to come along, they say, listen, we got to take this further. And what I've seen in these young people is the enemy is not only out to discourage them and to keep them captive, but now he's out to kill them. Pharaoh said, listen, we got to kill these newborn babies. They can't have any more boys. Listen, there's been a really big attack on masculinity. I, I, I'll just be honest with you. I, I'm not afraid to be a man. I am a man. Uh, uh, there, there are things that, that are different than other people. I'm not afraid to be who God's called me to be, okay? I, I'm a guy. That's, 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 that, that's the fact. But they t- go to the midwives. They say, listen, you got to kill these boys. Uh, why? Because men have this natural ability to resist in the physical You look at rebellions across this nation, across this world. They were started by men that said, listen, we're sick of living this way. So they said, we got to kill the men. They went after these young people. They said, we got to annihilate them. And what is happening is the enemy is gunning so hard for your children that he he has notched it up. You're saying, I never had to deal with that in high school. I I never realized that that middle schoolers were talking about junk like this. Uh, I never realized that that, that, that they're telling kids in fourth and fifth grade uh, that you can be whatever you want to be. And this is what sex is. And this is what, are, are you kidding me? We're letting the world educate our children. Uh, we're letting the world tell them uh, who they're supposed to be when the church of Jesus Christ uh, says, oh, that you're called, uh, you're anointed, but we don't teach them how to live in it. Uh, I want you to know this morning uh, that I have the faith, uh, I have the faith, I have the tenacity to believe uh, that even though the enemy has ramped up his attacks, uh, even though the enemy is coming after my children, uh, he's coming after this generation, Brother Jaden, uh, I believe that there's still a deliverer, there is still a healer, there is still a strong tower. See, because they said we got to kill this next generation because if anyone figures out the truth, the enemy went to the great lengths, young people, to distract your mind. Why? Because if one of you gets out and has an encounter with God, it's all over. Listen, Moses got out. Moses was spared. Moses got out and he's out in the wilderness He's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I guess I'm just supposed to be a shepherd the rest of my life. The Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 2 and verse 21 that he was content to stay where he was. He was fine just being who he was. He's fine just being a daddy, being a shepherd, doing those things. But I want you to know this morning, being content wasn't setting people free. And God said, I'm going to show up in this joker's life and he's going to have an encounter with me and I'm going to change his life. Why? Because what happened is in that moment in Exodus chapter 3 and 4, he was in the presence of an almighty God. That's why 
why he came back and he could look at Pharaoh in the face and say, you got to let my people go. That's why he could look at the Red Sea and tell everybody, peace be still, hush up. God's got this. Why? Because he had had an encounter that kept him. He had realized he had had a glimpse of glory and he said, you know what? This is a lie. This bondage is a lie. This is a lie. I'm not staying the way I am. I'm not letting my friends stay the way they are. I'm not letting my family stay the way they are. So he steps up. He steps up into Pharaoh's court and he says, let my people go. I know the truth. I know the truth. And the truth is that I have anointing. I have power and you need to operate in the way that I'm telling you to operate. Listen, I want you to believe. The enemy wants you to believe today that you can't do it. You'll never make it. You'll never be strong enough. The giants are too big. You can't overcome depression. You can't overcome anxiety. You can't shake the suicidal thoughts that you can't ever be pretty enough. You can't be strong enough. I want you to know that it is a lie this morning because the enemy is telling you those things because he knows if you ever figure out who you are that he is in trouble. Here's the thing this morning. Is it looks overwhelming. These are overwhelming odds. It is. There is no way. There is no way. I'm just being honest. It's, 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 do the math. Physically, it is impossible for Brent to win this battle. But what Brent doesn't know is he's anchored. You don't know that this end of the line, Brent has no idea. This end of the line is tied to my truck outside. I want somebody to get it. Because you're sitting here saying, I'll never win. I'll never win. But if you realize, if you get a glimpse of what's beyond that door, you'll realize, I've already won. I've already won. The victory's been won. Ah, Jesus is my anchor. He's my solid foundation. He's the rock that's higher than I. They'll come to the music this morning. Brent has no idea that he's anchored. The Israelite people believed the lie and they had no idea that there was still a covenant-keeping God that says, I promised you some things. Who in this house... Who in this house knows that you're called? Know that you're anointed? I want you to know that it's time to start acting like it. You say, I, I know I'm up. I've been told. I've been called into the gifts of healing. I want you to know you better start laying hands on some sick people and seeing them recover. Who is it this morning that's supposed to pastor? That's supposed to be a missionary? And the enemy's told you you can't do it? It's impossible. You're insignificant. Know that who you're anchored in. Know that God can do anything. He's said, listen, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I wish somebody knew this morning. I wish somebody knew they were bought with a price uh, that they are not their own. I wish somebody knew that greater is he that is in you uh, than he that is in the world. Uh, I'm not talking about just quoting it. Uh, I'm talking about living it. 
looks impossible. It looks impossible. But you're anchored. The enemy can pull. Oh, the enemy can pull. This line will break before you break. I wish somebody understood what I'm telling you this morning. It doesn't matter how hard the enemy may pull. It doesn't matter. They'll never win. They'll never win. It doesn't matter what the enemy tries to bring into your life. What situation, what doubt, what discouragement he tries to bring. Uh, My Bible tells me uh, that if you live in the victory of God, you can stand steadfast, uh, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. My Bible tells me uh, that he is a sure foundation, uh, that I can put my trust in him, uh, and I know I will not be moved. Uh, Listen, these things may come. Uh, They may try to toss and turn you, uh, but know that you will never be moved. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're, we're good. We thank you. Thank you for helping. Give them a hand today. Oh, somebody get it with me this morning. Hell knows you're dangerous. It's time that you knew you were dangerous. Hell knows that you're called. It's time to know that you're called. Hell knows that there's an anointing on your life. It's time. It's high time for you to realize that there is an anointing on my life. I want the enemy to stop whispering lies into your life. And I want you to start believing the truth of the word of God this morning. And say, I'm called. I'm chosen. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a chosen generation. And I'm going to operate in authority. Stand across this house. Hallelujah. I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm looking for some confident people in the house. It says, I not know, I only know, I don't only know that I, I who I am, I know whose I am. I wish somebody believed in yourself as much as hell believes in you. I know it's controversial. That's weird. It's a weird title. But hell believes you're able. It's time for you to believe that you're able. Not by my might, not by my power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. I'm going to end with this. This morning, The Bible tells us, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. The power is in God and not of us. But Paul tells the the Corinthian church this, know this, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down. Some of you have been cast down this week. Some of you have had situations in your life uh, and you've just been down and down and down. But he says you may have been cast down, but you will not be destroyed. I know they sought to kill the children of Israel. 
but one person got out. Why? Because one could put a thousand to flight and two can put 10,000 to flight. Gideon walked up into an innumerable army with 300 folk uh, and he said, all I got is some flower pots uh, and some oil uh, and some fire. That's all I got. And God brought him the victory. Why? Because he was rooted and founded. He knew who he was. He knew who God had called him to be. And he said, I'm going to start acting like it. So before I bring you to these altars this morning, I want you to turn to your neighbor on your left. That's my left. Your left's that way. On your left, you don't have a neighbor. Step across the aisle. He said, hell knows who you are. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I'm anointed. And I'm going to act like it. I'm going to worship like it. Come on. Oh, that's a big one. Because if you never enter into worship, you can never enter into the presence of God. If you never enter into the presence of God, you'll never experience freedom. So I want you to know that that, that if you're anointed and you're anointed, you're going to act like it. You're going to worship like it. You're going to pray like it. You're going to read like it. I wish somebody in this house had the faith of hell this morning that they know that you cannot be defeated. I want you to raise your heart with your hands across this house. I want you to begin to give God glory. I want you to begin to give God glory. I'm praising my way out of this. I'm worshiping my way out of this. Oh, you don't need anybody to lay hands on you. You don't need anybody speaking seven languages over you. You don't need anybody to do a hot skip and a jig this morning. All you need is to know who you are. Oh, give him praise. Give him praise. Right now the enemy's telling you you can't do it. Oh, what if, what, what if you look different? What if you look odd? I tell you, that's a lie. That's a lie. What if this happens? What if you get excited? It's a lie. It's a lie. So if you're here in this house, you got situations going on in your life. You got situations going on in your marriage. You got situations in your finances. You got situations between a relationship between a son or a daughter, whatever it may be. If you're here, young people, this morning, and you know that you're called, but the devil has been fighting you, I want anybody who will come. Come this morning. Come, line up across these altars. Line up. We're going to lay hands on you this morning. We're going to pray with you this morning. I want you to know that hell knows you're dangerous. Hell knows who you are. That's why hell's fighting you. Hell's trying to come against your life and tell you, don't, don't, don't step out of line. Do what we're telling you to do. All you have to do is get a glimpse. All you have to do is have an encounter this morning and it will keep you. this morning the apostles Peter was a denier only one only one disciple saw Jesus crucified only one John was the only one there sister Maddie when they got a glimpse in that upper room they could face any persecution that this world threw at them the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 14 that they stoned Paul and they threw him out of the city for dead. You know what he did? He got up. Is that all you got? 
And he walks right back into the gates of that city. Why? Because he got a glimpse of the glory of God. He said, I know who I am. You try to stone me. Devil, you're trying to kill me. My life's not yours to take. Hey everybody, Pastor Ron, I pray that today's message and program has been just a great blessing to you. And I just uh, am so thankful that we had the privilege to come into your home today or wherever you may be watching. I would encourage you to uh, continue to follow us. We're on all of the major social media platforms. Uh, we have podcasts that you can follow us with. I would encourage you to reach out to us and let us know. Our information's on the screen. And uh, if we've been a blessing to you, please contact us. Let us know. And we look forward to sharing the word of the Lord with you again uh, next time. God bless you. We'll see you soon.